Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today we want to give a two-part, first part today, next part, next Sunday. That's the plan in a way uh, for a New Year's message, part one and two. And we're going to start off in Romans. So if you can turn to Romans chapter one, and we are talking about 2015 being radical, being radical, being extreme in 2015. We don't want 2015 to be the same as 2014. We really don't want it to be the same for us. We want to we want to change. We want to grow. And I believe that's God's heart for us to grow in 2015. Now, the first thing we want to do is to look at God's design for us in Romans chapter one, verse 16. And it says that for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For it is it is and it is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. It is as it is written, but the righteous must live by faith. I believe that God desires for us to actually actually live by faith. He wants us to be faith filled people. That's what he wants. He doesn't want us to be doubting. He doesn't want us to be uh, apprehensive about what's going on, what's going to happen. I believe he wants us full of faith. That's what he wants, full of faith, because he is a faithful God. And our faith has to be God what? Because we're having faith in God, not faith in things, not faith in people, not faith in uh, situations. Not faith in jobs, not faith in mates, not faith in children, not faith in parents. We have faith in Christ. That's what he wants us to have. And so I believe that, that uh, this year, if we are full of faith, get filled with faith, I believe that God will be pleased. <clears throat> Let's go a little bit further. In another place, it says, let's go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8. Let's go there. I believe that God really wants us to understand that he wants us to go from glory to glory. In in 2 Corinthians uh, 1, 1, let's start there. Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. I wanted to read that just because I wanted to establish when we're reading over in chapter 3. When it says we, he's talking about himself. He's talking about Timothy together. Uh, They are together and Paul is writing, but Timothy is there with him. And it says in chapter 3, let's go to verse 6 there. Who also made us adequate as servants? And it's talking about God. God who made us adequate as servants of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. He's now comparing the old covenant with the new covenant. He says in verse 7, but if the ministry of death, and he's speaking of the old covenant, in letters engraved on stones, speaking of 
Moses when Moses went up to Mount Sinai and and uh, he got the the Ten Commandments and came back down. He's saying that those stones, those Ten Commandments came with glory so that the sons of Israel could not look intently on the face of Moses because of the glory of his face fading as it was. That's telling us that then when Moses went up to the mountain, he was he's with, 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 with the father. He was with God. And Moses came back down. His face was shining. His face was glowing. His face, uh, the, the children of Israel, they, they didn't want to come near Moses because of the, of the glowing of his face. And it says that fading as it was. So Moses bringing in the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments even then was fading. Moses' glory was fading at the time, even in that time. And it says here, in verse 8, How will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? Now, in that comparison, we're speaking of the Old Covenant and New Covenant. The New Covenant, we're talking about Jesus Christ. That glory is never going to fade. Never going to fade. Like the glory of the Old Covenant was going to fade. It was fading even then. And it says in verse 9, For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. For indeed, what had glory, in this case, had no glory because of the glory that surpasses it. For if that which fades away was with glory, much more that which remains is in glory. Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech and are not like Moses, who used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the end of what was fading away. So now it's, it's comparing that. Now, what, what does that have to do with us today? Look at verse 18. But we all, we all, we're talking about Paul, we're talking about Timothy, we're talking about the, the church at Corinth, we're talking about the church in Lynchburg, we're talking about the church all over. We all, with unveiled face, we don't have to veil our face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Now, what is telling me here and telling us here is that we have the opportunity being in the new covenant, being in Christ. Our life is hid with Christ in God because of the price that Christ paid on Calvary, on the cross, we have glory that will never fade. Moses went up in the mountain and was with God, but nobody else went up to be with God but Moses. Nobody was up there with God but Moses. Moses saw the glory of God. Moses' face was shining. But it says that in a new covenant, that we can all come to the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace for the time of need. 
We all can come before Jesus Christ. We all can have our face glowing in 2015 because we can all come before the throne of grace and receive from Christ. We all can do that. And we don't have to be concerned about uh, glorifying Christ ever liveth. He's eternal. He's never going anywhere. Our face doesn't have to fade away. The new covenant is going to always be, basically. That's what God is telling us. And I, I, I really like that. And we need to concentrate, I believe, in 2015. We need to concentrate on that glory, on having everywhere you go. When you go to your, your, your job, you, your face needs to be glowing. When, when you get up in the morning, your face needs to be glowing. When, when you, when, when you are, are with your family, your face needs to be glowing with the glory of God. When you're in a supermarket, when you're at a service station, wherever you go, your face needs to be glowing. People need to see it. See, because they saw Moses' glory. They saw the glory of his face. It was, it was something tangible. They could see it. It was not something hypothetical. It was not something just, oh, that's a spiritual thing. We can't see it. It's not a natural thing. It was a natural thing brought about by a spiritual thing because of the glory of the Father in the presence of Moses. And I said, oh, my goodness. That's what I want. In 2015, I want to be glowing. Now, Moses' glory was another thing that's very interesting. Moses got his glory. He was reflecting the glory of the Father. But see, we have something greater. We don't have to reflect in the glory from Christ because the glory is within us. It radiates from us. That's what, that's what uh, Christ's glory. Our life is hid with Christ. And God, so when people see us, they're supposed to be seeing the glory from within us, radiating from us. It's not reflecting because we've been in his presence. No, we've been in his presence and he's in us. The spirit of God is in us. The spirit of Christ, the scriptures say, the spirit of Christ is within us. So if the spirit of Christ is in us, we have God in us. That means that within us comes out of us. The glory of God that never fades. Never fades. That's a God. That, that's, what, that's what I want. That's what I believe we all want for 2015. I believe we all want to be a, um, a, a, a just an individual that, that glory comes out. Just glory comes out. Just glory. People see it. They know it. They, 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 they sense it. And they see something different. That's what I want for 2015. I don't want to be the same as in 2014. I want to go from glory to glory. And that's what the scripture said, from glory to glory. And how is, uh, when, when people see Jesus now, when they, when they saw it in the Bible, what did they see? Well, what, what did they actually see? Let's look over in, in Revelation chapter 1. Let's look in verse 12, and we see John, he's speaking of a vision that he saw. He said, then I turned to see the voice 
that was speaking to me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstand, I saw one like a son of man clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet and girded across his chest with a golden slash, sash. His head and his hair were white like white wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. I said, wow, wow, this is, this is Jesus. We have the spirit of Jesus inside of us. I wonder what the people see when they see us. Have you ever wondered what people see when they see us? What do you see when you see you, when you look in the mirror? Because all of us have mirror these days and times, don't we? Do we see something different? Do we say, woo, look at that, wow, woo, Minerva, come here, look, woo, look there. And then she come in and you say, oh, look, Minerva, look at you, my goodness gracious. Hey, what do, do we even think this is possible? Do you think the Bible is just some, it's like a, a best-selling novel? Is that, that what this is? Is this the word of God? <laughs> to me, the word of God is forever settled in heaven. It will never, never fade away. Not a jot, not a tittle going to pass away. Let's all fulfill in this word. This word is, 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 is stand. It stands. It's like a rock. It stands. So I believe that God tells us something and He's saying, going back again, he's saying we need to go, we need to be full of faith. The just shall live by faith. Do you believe it? Do you believe or do you doubt what I'm telling you? Because I'm telling you the word of God, because when I said that's the turn to Revelation, I mean, you see it. It's in the word. Do we have that kind of faith moving into 2015? Do we want that kind of faith moving into 2015 that we've said, oh, 2014, I was not full of faith. Like Stephen and other seven uh, servants that was serving a Grecian woman. I, I, I was not like that. I want to be like that for 2015. I really want to be like that. I want to increase my faith. That's what I want. I want to increase my faith. Do you want to increase your faith? Do you want to go from glory to glory? Do you want to be in the super 70s, super 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, 20s, teens? Do you want to be the same as you were in 2014 and never change? the same. You don't grow. You don't grow. God doesn't want that. He wants growth. We can all grow, I believe, in everything. I was thinking, I said, well, God, what will prevent us from growing? Because I believe that we all make 
well, not all, but a lot of people make New, New Year's resolutions, don't we? And we resolve that we're going to change this, we're going to change that, and things like that. But I believe that there are obstacles against that. And that even though we want to change, it's not automatic. Change is not automatic. And I believe that God wants it, but I don't know whether we want it bad enough. And so we have an enemy called the devil. We have an adversary called Satan. He's our, our enemy. In First Peter, let's turn there, First Peter, chapter 5, verse 8. He tells us to be sober, be of sober spirit. Be on alert. He, he said, you know, I want you to be watchful. I want you to be cautious. I want you to be circumspect. I want you to be, be looking at the consequences and circumstances that are around you. I don't want you to be asleep. That's what sober means. I want you to be on a alert because your adversary is called Satan. He's called the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to the devour. That's what he's doing. I say he's not going to find us to the devour. I don't want him to devour me. I don't want him to devour you. I know you don't want him to devour you. And I hope you don't want him to devour me. <laughs> so we have to be on alert, don't we? We have to be on alert because he is lurking around. We do have an enemy. We do have an adversary. Change is not natural. Some people may think, well, all I have to do is just be who I am and and I'm going to change automatically. I'm going to grow older. I'm going to be wiser. I'm going to grow. No, not necessarily. Spiritually, you're going to grow. You're going to have to make some effort because the enemy does not want us to grow spiritually. He's going to be against spiritual growth because what he wants us to do, he wants us to be uh, like a camouflage, like on a, a uniform, on a uniform, camouflage like the, like the wilderness you might be in. He wants us to be camouflaged so that you can't tell us apart from the world. That's what he wants. Because as long as we're camouflaged, we are not going to make a difference. And we have to be about making a difference in this society because the time, the time is short. We're not living in a time where you say, well, Jesus is not going to come back. We don't have to worry about that. Uh, maybe about two, three, or four, five, six thousand, uh, maybe a hundred thousand years he might be back. Uh, you may think that. But let me tell you, he is coming back soon. The Bible said he's coming back soon. That was that was way back when it was written, it was coming back soon. So you know he's coming back sooner than it was then. And even if it even if it's gonna be 
a thousand years, even going to be 200 years, even if it's going to be 150 years, we won't be here. So our time is short regardless. So we have to be about the Father's business because we don't have that long to live. We don't have that long to accomplish that which he, he has called us to accomplish. We all have a purpose on this earth, and he, we are all going to be judged by what we have done in this body. We're all going to be judged by that. And we don't want to stand there uh, in front of the throne and everything get burned up except us. All our words, everything get burned up because some people make it as through the fire, but they themselves won't get burned up. We want some rewards, don't we? Nobody wants to go through a war. Nobody wants to go through a game and don't get rewards. I believe everybody wants rewards because it's hard work. We want some rewards. We want rewards as do us because God wants us to have rewards. How are you going to have the throw at the feet of Jesus if you don't have any rewards? You sure can't throw no crowds if you don't have any. Right? Everything get burned up. So regardless, we want to change. We want to be more like Jesus in 2015 than we were in 2014. That's what we want. The only person in this room who should not want to be more like Jesus is Janae. Because she can't hear me telling her that. She don't know what I'm talking about. That's the only one. Everybody else, hear me and understand, we need to be more like Jesus in 2015. I don't care who you are under the sound of my voice, you, we need to be more like Jesus. And it's not going to come, come just becoming. Let's go a step further. What are some of his techniques he'll use? Let's look at first, uh, Second Corinthians 2.11. Let's, let's go there for, for just for a minute. It says in Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. I'm just reading you one verse. It says, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan. And it's speaking to the church at Corinth how they, they put somebody out of the church because they were uh, in sin, gross sin. They put them out of the church. And, um, and then he, he was telling them, Okay, let him back in now. He's, he, he, he's, he's learned his lesson. Let him back in. Uh, it says that so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan. See, don't want to hold grudges. Don't want to hold unforgiveness and all those type of things because that's one of the techniques of Satan. For we are not ignorant of his schemes, his stratagems, his techniques. We are not ignorant. That's what Paul was saying to the church, we are not ignorant. He's talking about, you know, we are not ignorant of his schemes. Satan has stratagems to keep us from being like Jesus. He has stratagems to try to, stratage, try to uh, sabotage our witness for Jesus. He has stratagems to try to make us so that we are not of any use to the Lord as far as the loss is concerned, he has stratagems. 
what are some of those strategies? I want to talk about just a few today. One, those stratagems, is that he wants us to believe we don't need to change. How are you going to change if you don't think you need to change? If you think you're okay? And see, what we do sometimes is compare ourselves with ourselves. And the scripture says that's unwise. So we'll compare ourselves with, with the, the people we're around, and we say, we're just like everybody else. I'm okay. You know, I'll be all right. I'm not a bad person. I'm not an evil person. So what's the big deal? I'm okay. Well, see, we're not okay. Scripturally, we are not okay. Spiritually, we are not okay. If we are okay, we'll be perfect, wouldn't we? English perfect, we'll be perfect. We'll be just like Jesus. And I know that Paul has said, the Apostle Paul said that he hadn't arrived. He's the worst of sinners. How can we have arrived? <laughs> you know? So I know that I need to change. And see, sometimes we say, well, I know I need to change. You know, everybody need to change. Well, none of us are perfect. We all have sinned. You know, we, we all make mistakes. See, we say that, make an excuse for not changing because we're all in the same boat. God doesn't want us to be that way. He wants us to be saying, honestly, before him, God, I need to change. God, help me grow in 2015. Help me grow. And we're, we're speaking uh, mainly spiritual because I believe that, that if we change, if we grow spiritually inside, I believe they're going to help anything we want to change outside. Yeah. Makes everything go okay when we grow spiritual. I don't care what kind of job we have or don't have. I don't care what the situation is. I believe that spiritually, if we grow, we will be okay. To the degree that we grow. I believe we will. And so I need to be crying out to God. God, help me change. I know that God has already put some, his finger on, on, on some things in my life. I believe he's put some things, his finger on things in your life. I believe he has. And I believe that even if he hasn't, if you go before him and ask him, God, point out something that I need to change for your glory for 2015, I believe he'll, 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 he'll let you know. God is going to answer that prayer. Guarantee you. Because that's what he wants. He wants change. Wouldn't it be great if you saw us in prayer, our prayer closet, you can see each other in prayer closet, and we are, we, are, we, we are there crying out before God, God, change me. Change me. I want to be more like you. Change me. Not too many people pray that way. Wouldn't it be great if, 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 if our teenagers would do that? Wouldn't that be great? You raise your hand, Brianna. 
<laughs> it would be great if our teens did that. Wouldn't it be great if our young adults did that? Wouldn't it be great if our middle-aged adults would do that? Wouldn't it be great if our older adults would do that? It would be great if all of us did that, wouldn't it? But that's not usually, usual. it's not a usual prayer that we have every day. God, change me. God, I got to change. I can't be the same. God, help me. I got things in my life I just can't get rid of. God, help me. Help me, Lord. I mean, that, 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 woo, my goodness gracious, not too much afraid that way. Most of us are praying, God, help this other person here. Help, you know. You know, don't we usually do that? You know? Help my boss. Help my wife. Help my husband. Help my child. Help my parent. You know, usually we're praying something, something else. You know? God wants praying for ourselves. That's what he wants. There's a stratagem to keep you from doing that. That's a stratagem. If I can keep them so they won't be crying out to, to change because they don't think they need to change. Even though they say they do, they're not going to put forth the effort to change. They'll stay the same. And we can look at you five years from now, and Willow Taylor will be the same he was ten years ago, five years ago. He'll be the same. That, that, is a, that is a terrible thing. A terrible thing. To be the same. Have the same old uh, 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 complaints. <laughs> right? Same old attitude. Right? That we had five, ten years ago. That's sad. That's sad. Don't want to be doing that. Another thing that that uh, Satan would, would try to do to sabotage us changing, he's going to try to get us focused on someone else. That's what they're going to try to do. Let's look at let, let, look at it in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. It's an interesting thing that he tries to do. It says, do not judge so that you, so that you will not be judged. Hmm. For in the way that you judge meaning others, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Verse 3. Why do you look at this speck, just a speck that is, that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold, a log is in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So what does that tell me? That tells me that by the time I get this log out of my eye, because I'm blind with it, I mean a log, I mean, hey, by the time I get it out of my eye, I'm, I don't have no time for no looking at somebody else's faults and try to, you know, point fingers at somebody else 
complaining about somebody else when I have problems myself, in other words. My problems are so great that I don't have time. I don't have the wisdom to even, I shouldn't even see, in other words, your fault. How can you see somebody's speck of a log sitting in your eye? You can't see it. But see, we see other people's faults, don't we? How all so clearly we see other people's faults. And that's why we talk about people, because we see their faults, don't we? And he's saying that, hey, wait, wait a minute, oh, wait a minute. I don't want you to concentrate on that. I want you to concentrate on you. You and you only. That's what I want you to concentrate on. And everybody else is going to look perfect to you. Because you can't see them. You can't see the faults. Because you're blinded with the log in your own eye. So what does Satan do? He tries to get you the point finger. It's always somebody else's fault. Always somebody's fault. Right? You'd be better in your job if your boss would realize that you need a raise. Right? You could do it better if the other people around, around you would do their job. It's always something. I mean, it's always something. You could be a better husband if your wife would be a better wife. Right? You'd be a better wife if your husband would do what he's supposed to do. It's always something, isn't it? You concentrate on each other as a husband and wife if your children wouldn't take so much of your time. Would you pray for them? Vice versa, you know. And the kids say, I'll be okay if it weren't for you on my case all the time. I mean, it's, it's always something, isn't it? Right? It would be great to pastor if it weren't for the congregation, wouldn't it? <laughs> Coming says it'd be great. We could have a great conversation, one for the pastor, you know. It's always something. Somebody's always pointing the finger. Somebody. God doesn't want that. He wants us working together to bring about His purpose, His glory. And you work together by try, trying to pray for each other, help encourage each other, help each other, and work on yourselves. I need to work on myself. You need to work on yourself. We all work on ourselves and, 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 you know, just encourage everybody else. That's what we need to do. That's a stratagem he has. Keep you focused on somebody else. Another one he tries to do, he tries to get us in habits that will prevent our growth. Get us into habits that will prevent our growth. Now, you notice I didn't say bad habits, did I? I just said habits. He doesn't care if you have good habits as long as you can't change. Because we do have habits that prevent us from changing because how many of us know business, we can stay so busy doing some good things that we don't have time to grow like we should. Another one is that <laughs> he tries to make us 
apathetic about the things of him. The things of him. That's what he tries to do. In other words, he tries to make us so it's like we are are just going through the motions of religion. We're going through the motions of serving him. We are not excited. We are not that interested to be, I mean, enthusiastic about the things of God. And so that's a stratagem he has. And we are just so-so, no, no joy. You don't see no joy. You just see it. And it I think it goes okay, you know, and you take a person who just gives the life to Christ or Christ delivered them out of uh, something or uh, you take like Mary Magdalene or, or any of the people who, who in, in the Bible we read about, I don't care who it is, that the God has done something for. Man, they are jumping, they are leaping, they, they are excited about Jesus. They want to tell people about Jesus. And see, what Satan wants to do is to get us in a routine, and all of them work together a little bit, where we are so interested in other things that we're not interested in the things of him. And so we're not excited about him, which works into another one of the stratagems is to try to uh, get you so that you think just changing your surroundings will help. Well, I know what I'll do because, I mean, I'm just getting bored. I'm bored to death of this job. So change jobs. It could just change jobs. Just get another job, and you'll be excited. I've seen people go from job to job, place to place, whatever, and they're excited for a little while, but it goes right back down to the same old, same old. Because the problem was never the change of the, of the environment. The thing was a change in what? Inside them, inside me. That's the, that's the change. You see? So people want to, you know, you, you hear people having midlife crisis. You know, they, they, they uh, uh, got gray hair and they got this convertible now, Corvette convertible. You know, they're trying to stay young now. They're trying to, you know, uh, the hair blowing in the wind. They don't have no hair now. And, and see, uh, <laughs> they, they want to. <laughs> You've seen people, I mean, they, they, uh, you, you see people break up for years and years of marriage. He said, what is wrong with that? Don't you know this dude so old? How are you going to give somebody, you know? But they, 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 they think a change is going to help. A change. Come on. God wants us to change inside. It's never in, I'm bored. If I'm bored, there's something wrong with my spiritual life. If I'm bored. Because I don't care what my surroundings say. My relationship with Jesus is supposed to keep me excited. That's what it's supposed to do. Because I'm not, my life, my spiritual life is not dependent upon my circumstances. That's what the scripture tells me. That's what my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, was. he, he, wasn't, he wasn't joyful just because uh, things were going well for him. He's going he's gonna to be joyful for the, for, for, you know, just for what was set before him. I mean, you know, he, 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 for the joy that's set before me, I endured the cross. He knows what's on the other side. So that's what we have to do. Whatever situation you're in, I don't care how bad, I don't care if you're getting minimal wages right now, and, and you, know, you don't want to go to work, it doesn't matter. The thing is that 
Praise God, you have a job. Praise God, you are able to work. Praise God, you're not horizontal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My goodness gracious. You, if you're vertical, you're all right. Yeah. There's some people didn't make it to see this day. This day, January the 4th, they died before this day. Yeah. Well, guarantee you, look at get the paper and look at it and see, didn't somebody die? Guarantee they didn't make it. They don't have to be old either. I'm so glad that God saw fit to keep us alive this day. We have another day to glorify him. Yeah. So I'm not going to be joyful. I'm not going to be excited because of my circumstances. I'm not going to be excited about just because, oh, man, everything is working out perfect now. Wow, this is great. Yeah. I thought about taking the Christmas tree down. I said, man, I don't feel like taking that Christmas tree down. Somebody said, don't you know that somebody don't, don't, don't want the Christmas tree up? They're going to say, why, why don't you take this Christmas down? It's after Christmas. Man, let the Christmas tree be up. Let it be up. If you want to take it down, take it down. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I didn't feel like taking it down myself. Yeah, I really did. John took the reef down. It's down. That's as far as I got, man. <laughs> as far as I got. <laughs> Well, what's the, what's the big deal? Is it? Is it a big deal? No, in the scheme of things, it, it means nothing. You know? And, and, and Sam came, he came to me the other Sam. He said, hey, man, that, that projector is, is out. I can't get the thing to run it. I said, okay. All right. And some people have bothered so much, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Why didn't they come and cut it? Why didn't they take, take it out? Why didn't they get it? In the scheme of things, doesn't really matter. We got two screens. Praise God, we got two screens. <laughs> so it's always something to be thankful for if we will concentrate on the goodness, like, uh, who does that say that? Chad, right? If we always think about the, the goodness of God. Isn't that what you said, God? Isn't that what you said, Chad? It's always something to think about, to, to praise God about, if we think on the goodness of our Lord and Savior. Isn't it? Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434 847 Four seven nine six. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.